Robots are racist. Mr. Reagan. All right, so according to a study that was published last year, 2018, robots are racist. Uh, CNN... CNN decided to cover this, of course, because CNN are a bunch of lunatics. So according to this, uh, to this report, most robots that are created these days are white. You know, they're either painted white or they have white plastic on them, something like this. Uh, and, and why is this and, and how does this affect people and all that kind of nonsense? Their conclusion is that this is a problem, right? We racialize robots and robots being white is a problem and all that kind of stuff. But I think that this is a huge difference between a normal person and like an academic, right? A normal person might look at a ro- robot being white and say, okay, that was a, a good choice of color to use. It's clean. It's precise. It's easily identifiable as artificial because there isn't a lot of things that are like pure white, in nature, certainly not human beings. There are some animals, I think, in the sea that are shiny white, uh, but for the most part, it's not something we see every day. So a moving object that's shiny white, that's great. Now, why would you want to make a robot look more artificial? Well, there's something called the uncanny valley, right? The uncanny valley is like, if you could create a robot that looks perfectly human, that we couldn't differentiate from other humans, um, we would not be creeped out by it because it looks human. If you want to create a robot that looks very artificial, you wouldn't be creeped out by it because it's very obviously a robot. But there are certain robots that they create, that they try to make look human, but they don't just, they, they don't quite make the grade and it just creeps the heck out of us, right? It's sort of like bad acting. If you watch bad acting in a film, it's what we call cringy today. We're annoyed. We, it's an unpleasant feeling. It's the same sort of thing with a robot, right? You want it to either look very much artificial or very much uh, natural. All right, you know what? At this point, let's throw in the Virtual Shield ad. A VPN, or virtual private network, allows you to create a secure connection to another network over the internet. VPNs can be used to access region-restricted websites, shield your browsing activity from prying eyes on a public Wi-Fi network, and more. Here, let me show you how easy this is. Go to virtualshield.com, download the free 30-day trial, install it, and click Connect. Once I'm connected, my IP address is now different than before. In other words, if you don't want websites, the government advertisers, or just your annoying household members or roommates to know what websites you visit and what locations you're visiting them from, invest in a VPN now. I personally use Virtual Shield because it's the easiest, fastest, and most secure VPN on the market. They don't store logs on their servers, and you really shouldn't be surfing the internet without a VPN. It's kind of like driving without your seatbelt fastened. Risky business. This month, Virtual Shield is offering a back-to-school celebration special of 20% off all VPN plans and all premium add-ons, including Protection Plus, residential access, monthly maintenance, phone support, and VIP performance plans for as low as $3 per month. Sign up for a free 30-day trial to Virtual Shield VPN and see what all the hype is about. You have nothing to lose. I don't know how much hype there actually is over VPNs at the moment, but uh, you really should try to get a VPN. I I do actually use uh, Virtual Shield VPN. That is not something I'm just saying for the ad. I actually do use it. All right, now back to crazy people. Now, why white? Why not black or green or blue or something like this? My theory is that white is a very, is a color of cleanliness, right? Because with white, you know if there's some kind of contamination, right? I think that's why hotel bed sheets and covers tend to often be white. Uh, That's why in 
medical facilities, everything's white. So you can be absolutely sure that everything is pristine and perfectly clean. We as humans, we like things to be sanitary. We like things to be clean. And we like things to be precise. And all of these things are illustrated very well um, with things that are colored white. Now here's the difference between the academic and the regular guy. The academic says, well, this is a problem. Because if we're associating white with all these positive things, then we're making an association with white people and all these positive things. And along that same line of thought, we associate non-white people with bad things. <laughs> the common person, the common person with some common sense and, and reason and rationality and pragmatism, would look at that and say, you know, white people aren't actually white. <laughs> we're a sort of peachy color, uh, maybe a bit tan. I'm a little bit more tanned uh, than, than pink. Some people are very pink, some people are very peachy, some people are very tan. Uh, none, none of us are really white unless we're like super albino or something like that. Uh, maybe the Irish, maybe the Irish are really white. But for the most part, no white person is actually the color white. That's insane. Anybody who associates the actual color white with the white race is an idiot. Okay, I mean, nobody does that. Nobody in real life does that. Oh, I want to be the white chess piece because I'm because I'm a white person. No, nobody cares about that. People want the white chess piece because the whites move first. But I guess that's probably racist too. Actually, I just thought of some other racist thing that they can do a study on. Ugh, what have I done? So there are a lot of reasons why you might use white coloring on a robot. Another uh, reason I, I suspect is that um, a lot of people were using it early on, it became a standard color for a robot. It's how we see robots now. And that has just, it just perpetuates itself, right? One reason I suspect that they make robots white in movies is to make them look somewhat friendly. Because most of the time when robots are in movies, they are a nefarious force, right? There's something that's dangerous. And if you make something look maybe a little bit safe and nice and pleasant or like it's supposed to, but then it's really dangerous, that's really creepy. They did this in the Twilight Zone. They had this little doll called Talkie Tina, and Talkie Tina was capable of murder. So you have feelings. It doesn't everything. Then I can hurt you. And this was terrifying, right? Because, you know, you took a baby doll, which is supposed to be a sweet thing, and then it's this terrifying uh, creature that can murder people. Um, and then, of course, that became the, the premise for the Chucky films. And, and there's all kinds of stuff that we do nowadays with this cute little girl stuff being actually, like, super dangerous. That's like a creepy thing. I think the same thing goes for the white robot. You get a very white, pristine, beautiful robot capable of murder. That is, for instance, what you get with the Will Smith film, I, Robot. These were supposed to be nice robots that then became very dangerous. But this is only really one of many bizarre ideas that have come to the fore recently. Let me, let me go through another few. Um, somebody tweeted the other day um, that Chernobyl, the TV series on HBO, Chernobyl, was maybe a little bit racially insensitive or something like that. I, let me get the actual uh, thing here. All right, so somebody on Twitter tweeted that she had wished there were more people of color in the TV series Chernobyl. This was Carla Marie Sweet had watched this TV show, and she, and she wrote, I don't know, there are so many great actors of color in this country that it would have been amazing in Chernobyl. I guess I'm just disappointed to see yet another hit show with a massive cast that makes it look like POC don't exist. People of color don't exist. All right, Carla Marie Sweet, I don't know how to put this to you, but... 
in Ukraine in the 1980s, people of color didn't exist. All right? you, you, you weren't going to find one. All right? I think even today, you go to Ukraine, there's like six black people. Now, now her argument was a little bit more extensive than that. She writes, um, I get that all the characters might have been white in real life, but they also wouldn't have spoken with Ukrainian accents. These actors have British accents. So if we are throwing accuracy out the window in that case... Uh, why not people of color? Well, I'll tell you why. The people in Ukraine at the time of the Chernobyl disaster, they didn't speak just with Ukrainian accents. They spoke Russian, okay? They were speaking another language. When you cast a film that's set in another country, you often don't cast people from that country because your audience may not speak their language, okay? We're casting British actors to make it seem somewhat European still, but they are portraying Russians speaking Russian, right? But we we understand that they're not really speaking English historically, but we want to try to make it as accurate as possible, right? So you, you'll notice in the in the in the series that they take people with a working class British accent and they cast them as the working class Russians or Ukrainians, and they cast the people with a more posh British accents as the aristocracy in the USSR. So, yeah, so that that's that was a way for them to try to create an analog, right, of historical accuracy and the stylized, you know, stylized version that we see in the film. Uh, they did actually contradict reality in one instance. They cast an actress, I think it was Emily Watson, um, as one of the scientists, and not just one of the scientists, she was like, this scientist that comes in and nobody pays attention to her because she's a woman, but she has all the answers and she's she's smarter than everybody else in the room. And uh, they did this with a nurse or something uh, as well in one of the hospitals nearby Chernobyl. She seemed to know everything uh, about uh, radiation poisoning and the doctors knew nothing. It was just this strong, brilliant woman, right? So there's a big feminist aspect to the to the TV show Chernobyl, which just annoyed the heck out of me. But anyway, the Emily Watson character, she wasn't a real historical figure, and I, I doubt that the nurse was either. The writers of the show just wanted to include a female character, despite the fact that there were no women involved, really, in any significant way. I think there were probably some women involved, but not nothing like to the level that Emily Watson portrayed. And so they changed history for the SJW nonsense that they knew that people would demand. So let me read some responses to this ridiculous tweet. Uh, Catherine Croissant writes, no offense, but have you seen Ukraine, Russia of 1986? <laughs> uh, someone named uh, Shadow1882, named Sanders, uh, sorry, but you need to learn history. <laughs> uh, Yegor uh, Baikovsky writes, maybe it's the same reason why Martin Luther King is never played by a white person, because it would be strange. Uh, Mr. King was black. There were no people of color in USSR 35 years ago. Uh, Anton something, I can't read his last name, it's in Kyrillic, writes, I'm screening this thread because nobody will believe me that something this stupid was ever posted. (laughs) I like Anton, that's funny stuff. Uh, Somebody else writes, because the series is still historically accurate and it would break immersion with any people of color. Another thing that was pretty crazy lately is that somebody said that The Lion King was fascist story that was interesting the washington op-ed likens the lion king to fascism uh this is this is completely mental i mean the only thing that's fascist about the lion king the new remake of the lion king is that they insisted that all the main characters be black to me that is like a quintessential 
you know, Hollywood fascistic move, right? We have to make sure that all the actors be black. Why? Because the lions are in Africa. I mean, lions aren't black or white. They're lions. It's a very different thing. You can cast whoever you want as the voice of them. It's such a, it was such a pandering, bullcrap, PC thing to do. Oh, we only have to hire black people for the lions. Give me a break. No matter how you look at it, this film, this is a film that introduces us to a society where the weak have learned to worship the feet of the strong. This is written by Dan Hassel Forrest. Okay, let's see here. Let's see. Let's, let's look at another one. They're also now saying that uh, the Dalai Lama is a sexist because he said that if the next Dalai Lama were a woman, uh, he hopes that she would be, like, super hot. You once said that you would um, be open to uh, a female successor. That also possible. You also told um, one of my colleagues that that female must be attractive Otherwise, it's not much use. <laughs> yes. Can you see that, why that, that comment that, upsets uh, a lot of women? That's one time. If female dilemma comes, and it should be more attractive, if female dilemma, all that, dead people, I think, prefer not see uh, a dead face. I mean, let's face it. Looks matter. People care how attractive people are. Uh, uh, the most popular politician on the left right now is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because she's this cute woman. Uh, she's a bit outspoken and she's crazy. She has terrible ideas, but she does a hell of a lot better than the crypt keeper Nancy Pelosi. Nobody wants to listen to her. And I think a lot of it is because Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is attractive. And it's true for lots of people. I mean, people give respect to Hollywood actors for their political views. And it's like, why? Why do you care what George Clooney thinks? Because he's a good-looking guy. You know, they've done studies where they show that women typically vote for the best-looking candidate on average. That tends to be uh, true. That whoever's the best-looking candidate, they'll vote for that. Um, people are very much motivated by irrational things. And it's that's just, that's just the reality of the world. If you don't want an attractive female Dalai Lama... I'm sorry, but that's the wrong choice. You're not living in reality if you don't think that looks affect people in any way whatsoever. I'd also like a charismatic female Dalai Lama if the Dalai Lama was a woman. Um, is that sexist as well? Should we not hope that women are charming now? So now I have a, a theory about all of this. It's a very controversial theory, but it is, um, I think, a valid one that should be considered by people. I think the problem here is not the black community uh complaining that everything's racist. I don't think it's academics. I don't think it's the universities. I don't even think the problem lies with the left in the sense that everyone on the left, uh, you know, is, is, is promoting these values or coming up with this, these ideas. I think the problem lies with women, okay? Now, that, that's a pretty controversial statement, but this is, hear me out, hear me out. It's not all women, obviously. There's a lot of women who are very rational and practical and reasonable, I think the problem lies with the kind of women that want to control everyone around them. Now, we all know people like this. We all know people within our various social groups who seem to want to control everybody that they interact with in some way or another. They, they need to be the boss. I'm the boss. This is incredibly annoying. Most of us find these people to be insufferable. But they do try desperately in one way or another to control the group. You're saying that I can't have a hairstyle because of your culture? Yeah. Why? Because it's my culture. Do you know what's wrong with me? Do you know I was in Egyptian culture? Are you Egyptian? Nah, but I'm not. Are you Egyptian? No, but doesn't matter. Wait, where's Egypt? Tell me. You know what, girl? Dude, go. You have no right to tell me what I can write. Huh? Where's Egypt? 
Yo, girl, stop touching me right now. Yo, girl, stop touching me right now. I'm back. Get off hey. me. That's no reason, yo. I don't need your disrespect. I don't need your disrespect. Why are you filming this? Everyone's safety. Now, in contemporary society, we do not socialize in the same ways that we used to. We don't have these very powerful social groups anymore because we have Netflix and YouTube and we can just go home and hang out and watch TV and you know, whatever we want from the 90s or the 80s or the 60s. You know, we can watch old films. Or we, can, we, can, we have so much entertainment and we have so much capacity to go online and chat with people from all over the world. We don't need to have some kind of forced social group of colleagues or we don't have to hang out with our family. Uh, we don't have to spend time with any particular group just because we, for whatever reason, are forced into that, into that organization or something. Well, this is a huge problem for those who wish to um, exert power over others on, on a personal level, right? Because those people now don't have the same kind of power that they used to, right? If they don't have people that are forced into these social groups like, like they used to be, they don't have as much leverage because people can just like pfft, roll their eyes and like walk away. So then if you're a person who wants to leverage power against others, but you're losing, you're losing this, this power, you're losing this ability... What do you do? How do you regain that power? Well, I think a great way is to restructure society along uh, a system of values that only you understand or that only you have the power to determine. If I've decided that this week Jimmy is going to be labeled as a racist and Henry is going to be labeled as a sexist, unless they do exactly as I say, that can be a very powerful thing. But of course, if you're a rational, reasonable person and you know you're not a racist or you know you're not a sexist, then you kind of, again, you kind of roll your eyes at these people. And so then that makes it even more crucial for these people to exert their will on the rest of society. And I think that this has become a huge problem. So you have these women who are, I, it's not just women. I mean, there are some men who like to do this too, but I, I, in my experience, this seems to be specifically women. Women who want to control the people within their group are trying to shift society in such a way where you get this very, very complicated set of ethics that are actually so vague and so so complicated that really only they know know what the rules are because they kind of can just shift the rules or make them what they want and that's why that's how we find all of these double standards and this hypocrisy on the left it's because the rules are always shifting in such a way to give these individuals power so this the whole concept of like racism and sexism in the 21st century and also homophobia islamophobia the whole immigrant thing all that kind of stuff all of these labels I, I don't think that these things are so much of a I don't think that these things are so much of a of a macro system that is being developed to try to improve the world. I think that this is a system that's being developed on a micro or for the purposes of controlling people on a micro level, right? On an interpersonal level. I think that the whole shift, at least for at least for a lot of people, the whole shift that they're trying to to create to to force people to be um, confined to these very specific constraints of morality in our you know current era is so that these very specific people can wield power against others they can control their friends and their relatives and their colleagues the people who want to control others on a personal level those are the people that are pushing these ridiculous ideas forward and you do get a lot of guys who follow because uh, guys for the most part we're pretty practical people we're not like sitting there thinking okay 
okay, yeah, I think, you know, you know, Billy's never had a black girlfriend. So do we, do we consider Billy to be a racist? I don't know. I, I got to think about this. No, guys don't think about that. You know, uh, we think, okay, well, maybe Billy doesn't like black chicks. Okay, that's fine. Who cares? You know, <laughs> it's not a big deal for guys, usually, these kinds of things. But, you know, you always see women on these soapboxes. You always see women, uh, you know, screaming on CNN about this kind of thing. They're, they're the ones that seem to get really passionate. I do think that the guys who follow suit and they're also passionate are either gay or they are really beta males, right? They're the kind of guys who have shirts that say this is what a feminist looks like and then they get charged for rape a couple of years later, right? So they're, they're, the kind of, they're the guys that can't seem to get girls, in any way based on their own sort of ability or talent or charm or charisma or whatever it is, they, they have to become politically aligned with women in order to try to uh, get them to like them. So, yeah, so I don't think that this hypersensitivity to all things racial or gender or sexuality or whatever, this hypersensitivity, I, I don't think that this is really coming from uh, a political Perspective. I don't think that it's coming from men. I don't think it's coming from black people. I think that most of it is coming from women who want to ex- exert power over other people that they know personally. It it's really comes down to, a, on a personal level, this is the motivation. I want to be powerful. I want to control people. I want to manipulate you, and I want to ruin your life, and I want to raise you up because I like you. And you know, having this kind of manipulative ability on an interpersonal level, that really motivates people a lot more than I think that we think about in society. And I think possibly the reason that many of us don't think about it is because we don't care. Like, I don't care to manipulate people that I meet every day. But I have met a lot of people who do care deeply about that. And I might be wrong about all this. Uh, You can tell me in the comments what you think. But I think that there are people out there like this, and they're the ones pushing the narrative. And we need to stand up to them. We can't sit here and just, like... The, the husband who just goes along with what his wife says because he doesn't want to make trouble, you are helping to shift this culture in a very, very negative way. I mean, we all need to stand up to these people. If your boss is like this, you know, don't, don't, don't take the crap. Be willing to be fired and get another job uh, rather than just, like, live in this disturbing world that they're trying to create. I'll give you an example of this. Uh, somebody who is, I mean, <laughs> I love Marianne Williamson because she's hilarious, but... Watch just, just watch this, just watch this. Uh, I'm going to now lead us in a, an apology uh, from white Americans to African Americans on behalf of our country, um, to you and to your ancestors and uh, to all of your people. So to the African Americans in the room who would uh, wish and be willing to participate in this, please stand up. And now I'd like to ask white Americans who are sitting near you to please uh, stand up And if the African-American citizen would would be willing to allow a white American who wishes to apologize to you and take part in this to hold your hands. I'm going to ask the white Americans in the room to please repeat after me. On behalf of myself and on behalf of my country. To you and all African Americans, from the beginning of our nation's history, in honor of your ancestors and on behalf of your children, please hear this from my heart. I apologize. Please forgive us.
With this prayer, I acknowledge the depth of the evils that have been perpetrated against black people in America. From slavery to lynchings to white supremacist laws to the denial of voting rights to all the ways both large and small all of them evil, all of them wrong, for all the oppression and all of the injustices. I apologize. Please forgive us for the denial of any civil rights, for inequalities in criminal justice, to any instances of police brutality, to the denial of opportunity for economic injustice, for any ways that a racial element has played into the perpetration of injustice. I apologize. Please forgive us. With this prayer, I acknowledge the beauty and the genius of your culture, the power and the genius of those who came before you, the power and the genius of your children and your descendants. So Marianne Williamson tells all the white people to pray for the black people, but their prayer isn't really a prayer. Their prayer is an apology. It's like this, it's just the most, this is, this is the kind of cringe that I was talking about earlier. This is, this is unbelievably despicable in my, in my opinion. And the, and the messed up thing is people are going along with this. I would have walked out. I would have walked out. I'd be like, this is a disgrace. This is, in many ways, I would say this is heretical, right? This is a kind of uh, insult to God, really. You're using the pretense of, you know, prayer or Christianity or whatever it is, whatever kind of religious thing that she's trying to evoke here in order to facilitate your virtue signaling SJW crap. All right, moving on from there, the last thing I wanted to mention was that Julian Castro told MSNBC, you know what, here, watch the clip. In my grandparents' time, in my mom's time, yeah. Spanish was looked down upon. You were punished in school if you spoke Spanish. You were not allowed to speak it. People, I think, internalized this oppression about it and basically wanted their kids to first be able to speak English. And I think that in my family, like a lot of other families, that the residue of that, the impact of that, is that there are many folks whose Spanish is not that great. Right. He felt like his mother felt like she had to teach her kids to speak English to get along, and therefore that was some kind of internalized oppression. Look, it's not oppressive to learn the language of the place that you live. If I went to Japan and I raised kids there, I would teach kids to learn 
uh, to learn Japanese. Now, if they, if I also wanted them to speak English in order to, you know, to come to America or something like that, I teach them English as well. English is a very valuable language to know. Spanish isn't as valuable to know as English. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. If you know English, it'll it'll help you, right? You could potentially do business internationally. Learning the language of your people, it you know, is presumably also beneficial if you are in, you know, a country that speaks that language. Um, it's going to be highly beneficial, but. Julian Castro didn't grow up in Mexico. He grew up in America. You know, it, unless his mom wanted him to move back to Mexico at some point or to, you know, interact with, with Mexicans or, or people who spoke Spanish. Um, sure. I mean, it would have made sense for her to teach her son Spanish. I don't see why this was internalized oppression. I mean, I suppose there is this kind of sense with some people who are not white or who are not American or who are not... A European that white people are better or Europeans are better or Americans are better or something like that. And I've come across that throughout my life. It's it's a very different thing than racism though. With racism what you've got is white people saying white people are the best. This is a very different thing, right? This is maybe like a black person saying I think white people are the best. Or an Asian person saying, I think white people are the best. And, and you do get this. You really do get this. The very first beauty pageant judged by robots ended in accusations of racism. The beauty pageant creators asked for photos from people all over the world, which would then be analyzed by their patented AI technology. The algorithms followed by the bots included wrinkle detection, symmetry, skin quality, age, and a comparison of the faces in the photos versus the faces of models and actors. The robots ended up choosing mostly white people as the winners with some Asians. This caused an uproar across the internet, especially among the black and Middle Eastern communities. I think one of the number one places in the world for cosmetic surgery is uh, is Asia, is like the, some of the East Asian countries. And you know what the number one surgery is? It's getting their eyes done to look like white people, to look like Europeans. So there is a sense in some cultures that the white aesthetic, the aesthetic of the European people, is the best aesthetic, is the most attractive aesthetic. Now, I didn't go over there and tell them that white people were the best looking people. You know, I, I mean, there are a lot of white men, for instance, who love Asian women, right? And they think that they're the most beautiful uh, people in the world. And there's a lot of different people like, you know, have different tastes and like different things. Uh, that's not a racial thing. That's just people have different preferences for whatever reason. But some people like to blame that on white people so they can say, you're wrong, you're oppressive, you're bad. And anytime you have a good side and a bad side, that's that's really good for the people who want to uh, who want to exert their own power because then if they're the if they're the police right if they're the one policing everyone then they ha they're the ones who you're scared of right they have a lot more control over you. We're sitting here telling you that you are being racist, you are being offensive. You admitted that you hurt us. Why can't you say sorry? Let us tell you if you're being racist. Okay, no, 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 no. Actually, that second. is actually how it works. Okay. I am sick looking at you. I am disgusted watching Alex argue with you. You were not listening. You were disgusting. Look at me. Yes. Look at me. Yes. Do you understand? You and I are not the same person. <laughs> we're humans. Great. Glad we understand that. <laughs> but your experiences will never connect to mine. Empathy does, is not necessary for you to understand that you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay? Even if you don't feel what I feel ever, even if nobody's ever been racist to you, because they can't be racist to you, that doesn't mean that you can just act like you're not being racist. Right. The situation right now does not require you to smile. It's, it's not, not a debate. debate. It's that not a debate. Now I am actually angry, sir. I really, do not interrupt me. I was not angry. And now I want your job to be taken from you. Okay? Understand that. Look me in my face, first of all, and understand that you are such a disappointment to this university, to your students, to yourself, to the things that you claim to agree with. You are 
so why do these why do these women want to control the people around them? You know, I think that sometimes it has a little bit to do with the the fact that they resent the old system. A lot of women who aren't the most attractive women in the world, uh, historically, they've not been able to have a family and have children. They had to go to work. And there is this thought that, well, if I have to go to work, why can't I work at a, as a CEO for a major corporation, right? Or um, if I have to work, why don't all the beautiful women have to work too? Why do they get to just you know, stay home, hang out with the kids and have fun and uh, you know, live off the money that their husband makes? That's not fair. Um, and, and they're right. That, that wasn't fair. I mean, life has historically been really, really awful to ugly people. That, that tends to be true universally. And it's definitely even worse for ugly women. And so feminism tried, I think, to some extent to nullify that issue. But they, there, are, there have been huge unintended consequences from that. And maybe in some cases they were intended consequences, but they ended up being terrible for the whole of society. So in, in my th- thinking, this kind of motivation of resentment ends up often being terrible. The, 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 the result ends up being terrible. But, you know, another reason why I was thinking that maybe some of these women want to lecture everybody about what they should and shouldn't do and want to control the people around them is because I think women always have a maternal instinct, right, whether they are a mother or not. And with kids, you know, you often see parents scolding their kids for just like stupid little things. And and why do they do that? Well, I think oftentimes you get kids that do this thing that's pretty bad, right? They're eating crayons or they're eating markers or something like that. You're like, hey, hey, get that marker out of your mouth. And you take the marker out of their mouth. And then they do something else that's particularly bad and something else that's particularly bad. And pretty soon, you know, being the parent, I mean, 90% of the time, they're just telling kids not to do stuff. So even if a kid does something even slightly annoying or something that's perfectly fine to do, but the parent's instinct is just like, hey, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Right. They get into this mindset and don't do that. And scolding and telling kids, you know, what not to do is that's a huge part of parenting. And if you're the kind of woman who likes to do that, whether you're a parent or you're not a parent, I think a lot of these uh, hyper-feminist uh, women who are trying to control everybody around them, I think they might often be women who don't have any kids themselves and never did, and they need to express that that uh, instinct, right? That, that instinct is forcing them to express this, this idea of don't do stuff, scolding people, right? So I think sometimes it's the maternal instinct and it's been perverted, it's been uh, distorted in such a way that it makes them into monsters. I don't know, I don't know. This is just a theory. You can tell me what you think in the comments below. All right, now that's it for me. Just remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's that they know so much that isn't so. Good night. And I happen to believe that we've made great progress from the days when I was young and when this country didn't even know it had a racial problem. I know those things can grow out of despair in an inner city. Things will be done neither because of nor in spite of any of the differences between us. We will have total equal opportunity for all people. And I would do everything I could in my power to bring that about.